Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by AdWatch. Today's podcast guest is Kelly Peppers, CEO of Colossal Media, an out-of-home advertising company whose motto is always hand paint. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. Kelly, give a short history of Colossal and how it got into out-of-home. Let me give you the series answer, which is we're a Brooklyn-based media company, and we're accredited for reviving hand-painted outdoor advertising. Mm -hmm. And the real story goes something like in 2004, Adrian, Paul, and Pat, they pulled together about $3,000, and they started the business. And, and what I find fascinating is that they started the business, which was outdated and not trusted, and hand-painted outdoor, which was really just dead. But they were super passionate about it, and they wanted to bring it back to life. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, Adrian and Pat were running Mass Appeal magazine. And for anyone who isn't familiar with Mass Appeal, it was an iconic street lifestyle magazine. And Paul, he was based out in L.A., and he was a sign painter. Mm-hmm. So the three guys came together, and they had the vision for the business. They really started off with locking in a wall, and the first wall was on 13th and 6th Avenue. And they landed a client, which was a video game brand. And most importantly, they started the hand paint apprenticeship program. And that's what we're really known for. It's, it's almost like a college within our company where anyone who has an interest in design painting can come and we train them and teach them the entire trade. Wow. So that all really goes down in our massive warehouse space in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. And that's where we train all the painters and obviously they get trained in the field too. So, so basically with $3,000 starting capital and over 15 years of hard work, at this point, we've grown into a value creative partner for the world's largest brands. We have about 85 premium units in all the major U.S. markets and around 60 staff members. Wow. Something that's never changed is really the mission. I mean, but the mission, like you said, is always campaign. And we do that one thing really, really well because there's so much value in creating an advertisement by hand outdoors. Your client list is a who's who of national brands. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I've been with the business for 12 years. Yeah. And when I first started, I started off as a salesperson. And I didn't really even waste my time trying to reach out to like high fashion or tech or consumer products because of the people or the brands that really gravitated to Colossal were those that were more alcohol brands or lifestyle brands mm-hmm. because we were, we were artists, right? Yes. And then there came a moment in time, I'll never forget it, when I locked in. Qualcomm as our client when I was a salesperson, and it was a really, really big campaign. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just so proud because it helped to change the landscape of the business and show every vertical that there's so much value when you create an advertisement from hand. And for Qualcomm, I remember that they said, like, listen, we're investing this much, this much money in Colossal. We're taking a chance because we really believe that you can humanize our brand. And so that was a really a big turning point. And you've you've got everything. You've run big campaigns for shoe companies, Nike, Adidas. You've got yep. some of the modern tech brands. If you want to say HBO, Amazon, YouTube, Spotify, and then you've got you know Cadillac, old line manufacturers. I mean, it's like Patagonia, the sort of hipster Ray Ban. You you've got everything. It seems like. Thanks, Dave. I'm blushing. <laughs> what kind of campaign does best? on these big walls? Oh, boy. That's like asking which one of my two kids I love more. Yeah. They all shine. Honestly, 
it's really hard to say. It, it pertains a lot to the creative, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of my passion. And I'll get into that more today with you. But my passion is the creative. So uh, a campaign is really as good as, as the creative. So those brands that push to say something meaningful and to stand out, they do well. But um, all the campaigns are unique and special and in mm-hmm. Every single ad that we paint is, is, is honestly a, a new piece of artwork for us. You know, your roots are Brooklyn, New York, but really the company is now way beyond that, isn't it? It is. That's one of my priorities mm-hmm. right now is to, to help the company really bring our business to other markets so that everyone can have the opportunity to do painted murals in, in all the major markets. And any market that our clients really show an interest in us being in, we investigate, we look into it. And, we have a very strong strategic plan to, to grow the business beyond, but we also have a shop now in LA. So we, we literally are on the ground on both coasts. So we're, we're spending a lot on growing that LA portion of our business. Walk us through a typical hand-painted wall project from beginning to end. Oh, okay. There we go. So the process really starts with the art. Mm-hmm. And I say that because we love providing our clients with not just really big walls, but also really big creative ideas. And so how we do this is we created an in-house studio, and it, it really is an in-house creative agency. Mm-hmm. So if an RFP comes in, and we have an opportunity to roll our sleeves up and provide more than just media, we do so. And so our studios handle really minor design alterations to the full agency experience with insights and communication strategy, copywriting, artist sourcing, designing the ad, and then down to video production. Mm-hmm. So that really is the first step is we, we try to figure out is, is this um is this a place for the studios to get involved? Mm-hmm. And then after that, once we're fortunate enough to lock in a campaign, the actual production starts around two to three weeks prior to the campaign start date. Hmm. And so what we do is when we receive the artwork, the very first step is that we break it down. We draw the digital artwork on a tablet and that captures all the basic form. The wireframe allows the painters to understand the image's proportions and the change in color, the shapes, and the contour lines. So that's step one. Step two, we call patterning. This I love. This I love showing people in real life in our warehouse. What patterning is, is in a dark room, the wireframe is mapped out to a grid and projected onto book or paper on the wall in the dark room. And at that point, we trace over the image using an electric pound pen. And it burns tiny holes along every line. So if you can imagine how big our walls are, just imagine how much butcher paper that we're burning onto and how much dedication, persistence that that person burning that image needs to have because it's many, many, many hours for that one process. Wow. It's cool. It's very, very, very neat to see. And then at the same exact time as we're doing that, we're downstairs in our warehouse in our mixing room. And what that involves is we mix all the colors by hand. We don't go to Home Depot and, and you know, buy Benjamin Moore or uh, mm-hmm. Mopo Black. We're mixing everything by hand. Wow. And so our experts, again, it's, I wish I had you next to me in the yeah. shop because it's so neat to see. Yeah. And so what's going on is that the experts, they have generations of knowledge in order to produce a specific volume paint and a number of variant paint colors, mm-hmm. which are mixed to create the complex palette. And from that palette, then we also make a swatch of color so that the painters know which hues live where in the artwork at the wall. Mm-hmm. So the patterning and mixing is pretty much just in that those are two happening at the same time. So now we have a pattern and we have a paint and we go to the wall. 
if the wall is elevated, then our licensed in-house riggers engineer a very specific solution so that we can safely access the wall. Are we talking hanging hanging from the wall or a lift? or? Sure are. All of the, all of the above. So it really depends on what the location is. Is it a boom lift? Is it scaffolding? Is it race? There's more terms as far as we're engineers, and I can even honestly tell you, we have a whole team dedicated to it, and, and they do it seamlessly. And, and thank God, because you can imagine how, how dangerous it is at some point if you're hanging off the side of a building hundreds of feet in the air. Yes. So, okay, and now to move along. Now, this is another cool part. It's called pouncing. So once you're at the wall, what you do first is you roll out that butcher paper that I talked about a minute ago, mm-hmm. and you rub the wall with a bag of charcoal, and that's called hmm. pouncing. Hmm. And so this creates a scaled outline of the wireframe artwork, and the painters can follow that. So then they do that, then they draw using yeah. a Sharpie, yeah. and then they paint, and then they start to paint. Wow. So in essence, you sort of take a, it's like, if you will, stenciling. You're taking a the pattern, putting it on the wall, using charcoal to impose a pattern on the wall so you can use a Sharpie, and then you, you paint from there. You do. You do. Wow. You know, we take no liberties with the creative. Yeah. We don't freehand anything at all. Yeah. However, yeah. they do need to make in real-time decisions. And I bet. When they do that pouncing, they're not just making the image. They're doing, like, contrast of someone's face. They're doing so much more than you even see on that dim- on that digital image. Oh, man. And then also what I really love is that once we're done painting, the process isn't really over. So at the same time as we're painting, we're capturing photography and video. And that's become a very big part of our business, too, because we want to tell that larger story. It's a performance. Exactly. Yeah. And we want that story to live forever. And so we do that with all the videos. Wow. So now you're you're going to be painting. Talk about that. The process of painting at the yes. wall? Yes. Well, the process of actually painting, it goes faster than you would even imagine. There's been times when our clients have asked us to slow down, which is so <laughs> ironic because <laughs> they so value the engagement. You know, yes. can you imagine? We're out there, we're painting. Like you said, it's a performance art. Yes. So people stop our painters. They want to talk, ask uh-huh. questions. So clients uh, see so many more impressions during that time period. So yes. That That's... That's the very, very valuable part to our clients is that, that engagement. Again, it's humanizing the brand. Is it hours? Is it days? Uh, how, how long does it take? You know, on average, it's about five to seven days. Okay. Okay. Huh. And can you paint in an all-weather? Yes, we sure can. We paint wow. in all-weather. There was one job that we did maybe was like a couple of years ago where mm-hmm. the team made Chicago News because they're out painting an insane snowstorm and literally their eyelashes were freezing as they were painting because it was that cold outside mind you they volunteer we said listen you, you don't need to go out there we'll, yeah. well you know the client's gonna understand they wanted to they love the challenge they love being outside so we're out there every single day and what kind of paint gets used for this good question so we work exclusively with this company called ronin we actually we recently designed the, the exterior of their paint cans. Now, mm-hmm. if you go buy this sign paint in the store, it'll say Ronin and Colossal on the can. That was hmm. really exciting for us last year. But, you know, we use the typical paint that you use for sign painting outdoors. Mm-hmm. Oil-based and all, and we go through, you know, it's, it's interesting. We go through less paint than you would think we would go through. And this is a little fun fact that hmm. I, I learned actually later in my career here because we always reuse it. So if we don't, finish the paint that we use on our job, it comes back to the shop, and they remix it. So it's just like continuation of the can. 
a project like this. I mean, this isn't, we're not talking about $400 for a four-week flip here. I mean, this is a highly skilled, time-intensive project. What what are we talking about in terms of cost to do something like this? Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. It's a premium product, like you said, and so it does come at a certain price point. And the typical campaign, I think the last time I looked at our averages, is around like $65,000, right? But Mm -hmm. it ranges, you know, you have campaigns in the millions, uh, we have a campaign, 35000 there, there really is a great range. You, you want to make it accessible to as many brands as possible. So what we can, we, we discount, or especially if it's like a local business, I'm really keen on, on giving them that you know, access to this premium product when we can do so. Good for you. Let's take a break here for a word from our sponsor. Want to generate more out-of-home revenues? AdWatch Media partners with hundreds of independent billboard operators across the U.S. to enable small businesses to take advantage of -of out-of-home advertising. The AdWatch Network brings you new out-of-home clients without cannibalizing your existing revenue. To learn more, visit adwatchmedia.com or call 404-480-4064. Kelly, how has COVID impacted Colossal? Yeah, Dave, I mean, COVID has impacted my entire life. I've got two kids being homeschooled and, and trying to get through eight video calls a day. And so many things going on behind the scenes personally. But on top of that, as far as the business, I worry about the business finances. And as equally important, I worry about the team's morale and, and their well-being. And so we have been, we've been really impacted, as I'm sure all companies in at home and, and all companies in general have been. But we have, we've tried to create opportunities out of the challenges. We've tried to take some space to really reassess many different facets of our business. Hi, I bet. And Kelly, your business, some of your people can work remotely, but my guess is the, the folks yeah. in the shop, they, they have to work every day. You know, they can't work at home and mix paint and, and do these patterns and stuff. Uh, so no. I'm, I'm sure that's been a huge, uh, you've had to change some shop practices. It's, it's hard. And so we have, we literally have status calls every day, just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, making sure everyone's safe, going above and beyond to ensure that, that everyone who needs to work, be out there painting a wall, is doing so in an extremely safe manner. So that's been one of the biggest challenges, really just the logistical hurdles that we need to get through. Mm-hmm. I imagine also, Kelly, your business, you've got a lot of big national brands. And when COVID hit, they pulled back yeah. they, or they put a put pause on things. I'm sure that impacted you as well. Financially, yeah, of course. And again, yeah. back to morale. You know, uh, our sales team, our marketing team, worked so hard to to lock in these campaigns they were excited about, and to just see cancellation after cancellation hmm. takes a really big toll on you mentally. So again, it hit us financially, and it, it hit the the morale of the team. So trying to keep everyone motivated and positive, and let them know that all bad things do pass, is ha, has been our focus. Frankly, on, on top of that, when you talk about cancellation, it, you know, in the middle of COVID and the summertime pro- protests, we were faced with an internal crisis that turned our whole business upside down. And I bet. So I'm going to assume that you want to hear a little bit about the story that was in the industry news. Please, and for our readers, uh, sketch out, you were in the news this summer over an issue with the former employee. Let's talk about that. I will. I will. And so, again, everything that happened last year, we're looking at it as an opportunity. And same goes with what happened with the Instagram. So, yes, uh, on, our, on our Instagram, we have quite a big following because unlike many other operators in at home, we're loved by the community. So yes. a, a big number of our followers are general public. 
mm-hmm. not just brands and, and clients, but the public. And so we have a following. And on our Instagram, we posted a photo of a BLM mural that we painted over the summer mm-hmm. and that we were really proud to paint. In the comments, a prior staff member mentioned that he was glad to see that we were supporting the cause because when he worked at Colossal five years ago, he had an after-work altercation with a staff member where racial slurs were exchanged. Oh. So you got to imagine mm-hmm. when our followers saw that comment, which they did, mm-hmm. hundreds, I mean hundreds, I think we cr- went past a thousand, comments piled up. Wow. People were really angry. They, they were shocked. They were upset. They mm-hmm. wanted answers. And quite frankly, I really, I wanted a lot of answers too. Mm-hmm. And so I started investigating. And we hired consultants and uh, PR consultants, lawyers, HR consultants, and we looked into all facets of our business. Mm -hmm. And so here's the thing that when the incident happened, we didn't have a formal HR department. We didn't have a process for reporting incidents. We didn't have enough open communication between staff and leadership. Mm -hmm. Frankly, we grew faster than we could keep up with. And those things weren't done at the same speed that the company was growing. And the other thing is we really prided ourselves in employing a diverse workforce. You know, I look around in the at-home industry and I always thought, well, wow, Colossal really has a diverse workforce. Mm -hmm. But we couldn't have done a better job at creating proper channels to share experiences. Mm -hmm. And one big lesson that I learned is as leaders in this industry, in any industry, we have to put in as much work into equity and inclusion Mm -hmm. as we do to, to diversity. And that's mm-hmm. something I just honestly did not know or see until we went through this. So through the experience, we question our privilege, our culture, our process, and we committed to changes. You know, I've been CEO for just a year and a half. And through this and just through my own goals, I've made people <laughs> our priority. I completely get it. And it's an interesting point that you say, if you just change the ethnic backgrounds of who works at a company, but don't change how you treat people, You've done nothing. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. you got to pause. And you need specialists. You know, one thing that I did over the summer after going through this, I really needed help. And so I hired a VP of people. Mm-hmm. And she she's my partner. She mm-hmm. specializes in change management. She's done this before. With her, we created a program called Start Today that's founded on DEI. And we're going to paint murals in the community and, mm-hmm. and do, you know, internships and training and volunteerism. And I work closely with her on this. And also, you got to talk to your staff. That's something that I, I did in passing and I consider myself fairly outgoing. But mm-hmm. I, I never sat down and talked to every staff member and said, how's it going? Like, mm-hmm. What can we do better? And so I did that. I took the time to talk to everybody and doing so remotely wasn't so easy over a video screen. But every single conversation I had, I learned more about the business and felt super empowered and laser focused on what we needed to do. Now, I understand you've raised some growth capital. Can you tell us a little about what you did and what does it mean for the company? Sure. It's super exciting. So it's the first time we've raised capital for the business. And we wanted to do so for a couple of reasons. And I look at it as defense and offense. So defensively, we wanted to put some money aside that's really going to see us through COVID. We don't, we don't have a crystal ball. You know, we hope it's going to get better, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted money in the bank to, to keep us safe and to keep everybody employed for as long as we have to. Mm-hmm. Now, offensively, we really want to take advantage of opportunities and mostly that's premium walls in new markets. I'm, I'm excited for expansion. Also, we want to take some chances. 
And we're going to do that through strategic partnerships. We're going to recruit for newly created roles. And super important, we're going to add more painters to our team, more painters than we have done in years prior. Did the money come from a fund or accredited investors? Or, you know, talk about a little about that, about how you pick your partner to grow. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Well, we work with a partner who, who represents us. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we have a CFO. So those yes. two went out there and, and they found somebody that we wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. and lock that in so, so seamlessly that they didn't involve me that much besides signing the paperwork at the end. They, they did a great job at finding the right partner and getting the right amount. Terrific. Kelly, what are some of Colossal's priorities for the next year? Good question. So many things we want to get done, but I think there's a few things that we're going to prioritize. First and foremost, it's, as I mentioned before, we really want to expand to new markets and secure premium units much like we just acquired an iconic wall in downtown LA on West Olympic and South Figueroa. It's the largest wall that we've ever added to our inventory. So I'm excited to see more walls added like that one to our Mm -hmm. inventory. Two is grow our team. Now this is the tricky part. So if you obtain an outstanding wall, it it really needs nothing if you don't have enough painters to paint. Hmm. So my second priority is really the, the roadmap to grow talent and acquisitions at the same exact speed. You know, I'm also really focusing on more data and insights. I think it's important that we infuse that into our offering and, and start to offer more digital extensions like mobile retargeting and VR and AR. Mm-hmm. I can't forget about our studios. Our creative studios, like I shared before, is, is I'm so passionate about curating more full service campaigns for our, our clients. And what I find is really interesting, especially right now during COVID, is while at-home spending is down, client requests for big ideas is up. Hmm. So we're being asked so much more than ever before, Colossal, how can you help? Like, what's your big idea? And we're getting ready to roll out a, a big Super Bowl campaign that we collaborated closely with a client on. And we work with Volvo and Nadam to curate really one-of-a-kind experiences, and those are created by our studios. So I, I want to invest more in the studios. And, and finally, I really want to further define the Start Today program that's founded on DEI, and I'm really, really excited to come together with the community and our staff to start to do some programs under that umbrella. Can you expand that? What, what exactly does that mean? Sure. So think about it like this. Most companies have a corporate social responsibility program. And we do too. And mm-hmm. we call it, we coined it start today. Mm-hmm. And that, that name was really born out of the IG incident. There is a glass door that leads into that color mixing room that I told you about before. And, and on the door, it says start today painted in, in just really beautiful, perfectly painted gold font. Hmm. And when I saw that door, it inspired me and it made me think, okay, that's really what this program should be called. Let's, let's start today. Let's start really making a difference. Can't really change the past. It's not on my control, but starting today, we're going to set aside funds every single year, and we're going to work with underrepresented communities, and we're going to paint murals for them. We're going to give them a canvas to share their message. We're going to have internships. We're going to volunteer. We're going to have new conversations. And so I have various buckets that I'm working through for Start Today, but we're going to really put a lot of effort into this program. I, I like to think of it as my passion project in my role. So is this like you'll, you'll find a mural and you may give a local artist this equivalent of almost like art pop for basically underrepresented communities where you'll find a mural and you'll, you'll give them some ability to be part of the mural? 
Yeah, absolutely. So for the mural portion of Start Today, we call it represent. Mm-hmm. And it'd always be represent dot, dot, dot something. Hmm. And so we did our first one. And it was represent black art. Yes. And so for that, we, we partnered up with the Black Artists Guild and, and, and they came up with the creative. Wow. So we said, here's the wall. We want to give you this wall. And we want to give you the space and freedom to come up with the creative. And they, they were so, so excited to get yeah. that phone call, you know, because they didn't reach out to us. And, and that's really the, the whole foundation of this program is we want to reach out to people. In the past, we always did these murals. Dave. Yes. We, you know, we painted for firehouses and, and nonprofits. But yes. They always called us. And yes. now we want to really control the narrative. Exciting. Yeah, I am excited. Yes. Uh, the last one is really just to celebrate our wins. Hmm. You know, I want to thank our people. They work so hard, especially under these conditions. And again, trying to create something by hand in, in such a fast-paced automated industry is, is absolutely insane. But we do it because we love this craft and, and it truly benefits our clients. So I, I want to celebrate the wins. And, and what we're going through right now, I just really want to spread that vibe of positivity. So Kelly, you serve on the board of directors of the OAAA. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Super honored that I got picked by Anna. I've, I've been really focused internally at Colossal. Mm-hmm. I haven't done the best job at, at doing some Kelly Pepper's PR. So I was surprised to get picked and I'm really honored to get picked. And it came at the right time because at this point in my career, I, just, I, I think it's important I get more involved in the industry. And listen, literally watching the inauguration happen an hour ago, I'm inspired and I'm mm-hmm. inspired to to really do what we saw come to life through that inauguration for, I'm assuming most people in America watch it, is the word unite was mm-hmm. repeated multiple times and that's what inspired me. So taking that word to heart, I, I would love to, as a board member, find ways to unite our industry more mm-hmm. and help each other and make us all equally successful and inspired and in doing the best that we can for our businesses together. That's all for this week. Thanks for appearing on the show, Kelly. Thank you, Dave, so much. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by AdWatch. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider Podcast by visiting BillboardInsider.com or by subscribing to the Billboard Insider Podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is BillboardInsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple weeks.